spiritual things and say, yeah, sure, I believe in spiritual things. I believe there are things that I don't see that may exist, as in after man dies, that you don't disappear, but you sort of what, exist, like in the form of some energy or some, I don't know, you know, conscience, consciousness, or something like that, or as I said, atoms, um, uh, somehow floating around somewhere. So number one, people don't want to think they're gonna disappear completely. So they like to think and wish that they're going to exist in some form, one form or another. So they do say, oh, I think I'm spirit or I'm soul. So they like the sound of that. Um, so that is good that we start somewhere um, with people like that. But rather than someone says, oh, no, there's no such thing. I'm just, full, I'm just you know, made up of this body that's just chemical. Someone actually has said that this person who was in the medical medicine field, and she has said, I'm just uh, a, a body made up of chemical reaction. That's who you are. Um, so there's no doubt that this body, however you explain it in terms of um, genes or chemical or, uh, or or atoms, that we have one life to live. Nobody doubts about that. But what the Bible teaches us, that no other book teaches, is that um, that we are meant made up of two beings besides the flesh, their spirit. And that means that once the flesh lives out its term, whether it's as one wishes or sudden death, whatever it is, that there's another life after that. Um, so that the spirit part of man continues to exist because spirit is a being. And being is like just like the flesh being, that it is, um, as a person, it will exist thinking, feeling, and, and, and existing like so, as a being, not just uh, as energy. Um, we read this all the time, but for our new friends, Genesis 2 7, and see how God made us.
You could be the most successful person, the most beautiful person at some point. You could have been a billionaire or a politician, or you could have been whatever, most talented gold medalist, beautiful skater or skier, whatever you are. At the end of the day, when the life is over, kaput, it's over, just lump of dust. So that's the flesh. Coming from dust goes back to dust. You don't want to think about it, but you know it's true. Now there's another part of us that comes from God, and because it comes from God, it needs to go back to God. Right? So that's spirit. We don't feel the spirit right now, but we are dual beings that way. So right now I'm feeling my flesh is feeling. I ate a lot of that meat, a lot of that rice, so I feel a little full, getting a little bit of food coma. Yes, we go now. So that flesh you feel, but spirit you don't. But what the Bible teaches us is that actually it's the spirit that is true me, because the flesh is only temporary. So whether you live a good life of, I don't know what a good life is, 90, 100? Hundred with no teeth doesn't sound like a good life to me, but anyhow, however you define it, you live one life. But the spirit is someone that will outlive and actually will continue to exist with no end, because spirit has no end. So it's not like smoke or energy, but as a being, it will exist. So what the Bible teaches us is that there is life after, meaning the life after death. After we die, there's going to be life. And that life is in a spiritual world. So we are living in this universe and the material world right now, one life to live, but actually isn't one life. We're going to live twice. Actually, there's more to it. So that's how we were made. We're to live twice. Uh, but what determines us whether we go back to God or not? Because well, I guess you have to know who God is. God is good. God is perfect. God is the creator of all things. He is the, the source of wisdom and knowledge. He is glorious. He is happy, not just today and tomorrow, but forever. And he is eternal, so there's no changing God. He's beautiful, majestic, glorious, perfect, yesterday, today, and forever. Does he sound good? If there is such a God, do you want to meet him? <laughs> not just meet him, I want to be with him, right? So the Bible describes him as no one like you. There is no one like God. Amen. Because he's completely different from anything else because he's the only uncreated one. Everyone else, everything else has been created by him, through him, and for him. So the spirit ought to go back to God and be with God and be happy forever with him. So that sounds good, right? Even if you don't really believe in God, maybe, or you're kind of not sure about the life after, it sounds good if there was such a place and there was, if there was such a being. Yeah. So what's the problem? What's the problem? That why, why do we even think about it? So how do I get to God? How do I go back to God? If I, uh, uh, what determines whether I go back to God or not? Anyone want to try to answer that question? His presence? What about his presence? Well, him dying on the cross, right? Yeah. Yeah, right? Yeah, so that's going to, because you're a Christian, you're kind of jumping ahead of um, where I want to go. That's okay, yes. So uh, Jesus dying on the cross made a way, yeah. Um, Many people say if there is God and he's good, then I have to be good too. 
It makes sense, right? Because if I'm doing bad stuff, I can't go to God who is good, right? Uh, it would be like showing up to a party naked, completely naked. It's like, oh my God, everyone sees me. I'm vulnerable, I'm embarrassed, I'm unworthy, unfit, I can't go there. So I need to be qualified to go. So many people say, well, if there's such a thing as a place with God, which we call heaven, you have to do good to get there. You have to be good to get there. But then there are people who say, well, I don't really need to go to heaven. I just want to live this life short and sweet. That's it. Why do I want to think about like the life after? But what if it's not an option? You've never been dead, right? So none of us, Right, so I have not been dead, but if there is life after death, it's too late. It's already I'm already in the place one or place two, and what the Bible shows us is that there is heaven and there is hell. The place with God is called heaven, and the place that is fallen away from God, cut away, and never to see God, never be with God, is called hell. I know that's people ask me like, you still talk about hell? Like, yeah, I still talk. Like what, 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 is there an like old time story or something? It's, you guys still talk about health. This day and age, we still talk about health. Yeah, we still talk about health. Um, because it is a reality for all mankind. Otherwise, God did not have to send his son. So hell is a place where there, it, that one can never be with God and it's uh, cut away from God. So to enter where God is and live with God, that place is called, or that is called eternal life. So eternal life is to live with God, live like God, with Him forever. Do we establish that it's a good place? Yes? Hello, Isa. Yes, you want to bring your friend here? Yeah, there are seats here. Yeah, seat right next to you. Yeah. Um, so the determining factor for going to heaven or hell um, is not what man um, thinks. Um, it is called sin, but sin is not something that um, most people think of as, which is doing something bad that makes you feel guilty. But sin is something that is cut off from God. All right, so we established that we are living being, and living being means that after I live this one life, this flesh, I take off like a banana peel, and the true me is revealed. And the true me is either gonna be with God in heaven or with away from God in hell. How many of you think we'll be in heaven if you were to die tonight? Um, what's your name again? Was it Will? Yeah. yeah. You raised your hand. Yeah. So are you confident you'll be in heaven? How? I'll be with uh, Jesus. <laughs> okay, so all right. Do you believe that he's savior? Okay. Um, anyone else? Just those two guys? Yeah, and Chris. Uh, faith, yeah. right? Have faith. faith in him. You have faith in him? Okay. Wow, talk to like advanced students over here. Okay. What about you, Gilbert? What if you're deployed and you have to go fight a war tomorrow and something happens to you? Where are you going to be? This is why you have to be ready. I know you guys sign away, the soldiers. Sign away a lot of paper insurance, right? But what about your soul? What about your soul? That's the most important part, right? 
sign away your life or all the earning that I have, I could, it's got to go to my son and all that. I don't even know about just guessing. So all of that, because I know he loves his son. So doing all of that, you prepare for tomorrow, you prepare for next generation, all that. But what about you? And you don't even need to go to a war to, to be, put yourself at a risk, right? Because we're all going to die and we don't know how it's going to happen. That's the mystery that everyone uh, has to live with. We shouldn't fight that, we should make it happen. <laughs> but it will happen. We don't know where it's going to happen, how it's going to happen, when it's going to happen. But not just a soldier, but anybody, everybody has to be ready. What's going to happen to me after I die? Because death will come on knocking on the door anytime. So if you ask that question, every time you go to bed, every time you wake up, what if today's the day? Where am I going to be? Because the person that I'm looking in the mirror is not true me. What the Bible tells me, which is the true mirror, tells me that I'm a soul, a living being, a soul. And a soul has to be ready anytime. And that readiness is not some people say, well, then I gotta do a lot of good work and then maybe I'll be judged by God because the song said I'll go through him through the judgment. Um, so maybe then I'm gonna be decided at the door. Let me see your name on the list. Is it okay? Oh, you came to the wrong place, you're down the stairs. Right here, right here, come on in. You're, no, it's not like that. You're either, your soul is taken to uh, paradise or remaining in hell. So heaven, first you've got to know where you, have, where you want to go. Heaven is outside the universe. This universe is a finite space. It's material and it's increasing. It's very, very large place, but it's finite. It's like a bubble, you know, like those bubbles, you soapy water, it expands and it's filled with planets and stars. That's where we live. It's a material heaven, because the Bible tells us there are multiple heavens. Heavens. Many, many heavens. So, actually, not, not that many. Oh, you mean multiverse. No, not like that. There are three heavens. So there's a heaven of the sky, the first heaven, and the universe. And then there's heaven outside the universe, where no one has ever been. Not just because it's so big, but it's a spiritual space. So that is where those whose souls are with God, when they make the decision and they have faith while they're alive, they will go there. But you're not so sure. You don't know where you're going. I don't know. We'll see. Then you don't go there. Because it's by my decision that I choose to believe or not. I choose to believe. This is faith. Um, I'll, I'll talk about that. But let's talk about where hell is. So, second uh, Peter. Second Peter 3, 3, 7, there you go.
let there be expands the universe, let there be land, let there be stars, let there be trees. So by the word of God, he created all things. And by the same word, he's going to destroy where we call home right now, by fire. But that fire is not material fire, but spiritual fire, where no one can escape if they're found in it. So it says, the present heavens and earth are reserved for fire, being kept for the day of judgment and destruction of the ungodly. So the destruction of ungodly are those who do not belong to God, those who are not one with God, those who don't have the life of God. They will be destroyed in that fire. And that fire is not the fire that destroyed the human body, like during the 9-11 attacks or any fire that we see that the bodies are consumed in the fire. Even though burning is very painful and some burns go for days and days, in the end, the body dies and pain ends. But this fire here is a spiritual fire where the burning never ends and the pain never ends. The first man was the Okay, so who's the second man? He came from heaven. He came from God, the Father. He came from God the Father, the Word who was with God in the beginning, in eternity, came from heaven, came from God the Father. And his flesh has nothing to do with dust. But didn't he like grow up like a baby, come from mama's belly, and then eat food? And when he didn't eat for 40 days and nights, who showed up? Hello? When he fasted for 40 days, who showed up? The, the devil. Not the angels, before the angels. The devil. The devil showed up and tempted him. First temptation was what? Turn the stones into bread. Turn the stones into bread. Right? So if Jesus did not eat and was not hungry, why, why tell him to get tempted by the bread? Like right away, why did he go to like, hey, you see this beautiful woman? Interesting, that was not one of the temptation either, right? bread, and then second was testing God, and then worshiping the devil. Would the devil know what the weakness of Jesus is? That's why he went for the food. So the flesh of Jesus, though in essence is spirit, is 100% spirit, because he's 100% God. When he came to the world, he had the function of man. So the body has the function to suffer, be hungry, and die but not have a lustful thoughts, lustful desires like your flesh and my flesh. Because it's material, sorry, substance is not from the flesh. Our substance is the same as the dogs and the pigs of the world. That's why if you don't behave, you get called a dog. You're a dog, man. It's a dog. She's a pig. <laughs> because we act like we're better than pigs and dogs, but really, materially, we're the same. Because we come from dust. Jesus doesn't come from dust. He comes from heaven. He comes from God. He is God. You understand? He's another level. Different level. He's at a different level. But he had the function in the flesh that 100% spirit became 100% man to suffer and die. Now why is it important that Jesus came to die? See, God doesn't die. God as one, the being, the Father God, who is the perfect God knows no death, but the Son of God, who came as man, and he called himself the Son of Man, knows death, will know death, 
because intention of him coming as man, the purpose of him coming as man was to die. Matthew 20, 28, go there. Oh, almost done. 20, 28. Matthew 20, 28. Okay. Just, 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 just as the Son of Man did not come to be saved, but to serve. Uh, and to give his life as a ransom for many. Just, can you read again? I know some of you are just keeping up. Go ahead. Just as the sound man did not come to be served, but to serve and give his life as a ransom for many. So Jesus called himself the Son of Man, highlighting the fact that he is going to die. He is like man, just like you and me, knowing death. He's prophesying his death. He's saying that he's going to die and become a ransom. What is a ransom? When somebody gets kidnapped, I need a ransom. They don't need a ransom to exchange. So it's exchange, replacement, substitution. In the Old Testament, when a sinner, when a man says, I have sinned, he brings a sacrifice under the law of God. And the sacrifice, the animal dies in place to pay the price of the sinner. Sinner's sin. That's the way the sinner was not able to, would not have to be, would not have to die. Because the price of sin under the law to be taught. If you sin, you die. Sometimes they were stoned to death. Sometimes they were burned a lot. Sometimes they were pushed. Yeah, I mean, many ways to die. But, but basically, you sin, you die. Because that's the lesson that God wanted to instill for thousands of years. You have sinned. In the spirit, you have sinned. You're already dead. Dead spirit will go to a place called hell, which is called the second death. So man destined to live twice, not really, to die twice because of sin. Physically, we will all die, but those with sin will be in the place of death called hell, where one will be resurrected and pay the price of sin forever. To teach that, the law said, you sin, you die. Your mama sin, kill her. Your brother sin, kill him. So by witnesses, they were put to death. But isn't God loving? Yes, God is loving. But God, before his love, is his righteousness, his law. Whatever he said, one must do. So that was the teaching, but the animal could not really pay the price of sin for the spirit. Here is Jesus coming as man who knows no sin. Not because he has willpower as it. It's not his nature to sin because he is God. You and I have to pray hard. Don't lie. But I have to put effort. But Jesus is not one of us. He is God. He's perfectly sinless, the innocent one. But he came as man to die in place of all men, to become a ransom. So we don't have to pay the price of our sin. I don't have to pay for, pay for my sin. But then he will do so for all men in Adam. So one for one. Do you understand? That's what's called redemption, ransom. That is why God sent his son. So when he died on the cross, it was not because he became weak that Jesus died. Men arrested him and he didn't know what to do. Or everybody betrayed him so he was left alone. No, it's because that is the purpose of the word becoming flesh. So when he died, he paid the price of sin. And it's called redemption. So he paid the price of sin for all men, including all the evil, wicked people you can think of. You mean like 
uh, Hitler, him too. Kim Jong Un, him too. I decided to stay away from Mao Zedong. Uh, <laughs> I said Mao Zedong one time, and then some of our Chinese members are like, and I was like, oh, okay, I'm gonna move on. Osama bin Laden, okay. So, okay, whoever you think is the wicked, the evil, that you like, definitely need to go to hell. But even them, they were redeemed. <gasps> what? Because what God has done through the Son Jesus is unilaterally done. And He did it for all. That was according to His plan. Not because you were deserving, not because you were a good boy or girl, or that you were worthy somehow, but because of who God is. He did it. Yeah. He redeemed all men. Well, does that mean that everyone going to he heaven, including Hitler and Osama bin Laden? No. Oh, so God is fair. No, God is that. Not, it's because they did not believe. They did not believe. So redemption is what God had done in through Jesus Christ on the cross 2,000 years ago. He paid a price. So we don't have to pay anymore. We don't have to go to hell anymore. Unless anyone wants to. Nobody wants to. But the option is there, right, as in Everyone. So, for God so loved the world, John 3.16, whoever believes, whosoever believes. So, you must believe, every one of you, as Peter also said, repent for repent and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of sins. Every one of you, all of you have a choice. Choose, choose, believe, believe, believe. But I'm not going to put a gun to your head and make you better believe. That's not how it happens. God's not going to force you to believe. Faith is by your choice. That's why God gave every one of us will, free will. Free will. So, I wasn't there when Jesus died 2,000 years ago, but 2,000 years later, I'm hearing right now through your mouth, Pastor, or through uh, Jenny, or through Charles, or whoever it is, people who invited me to preach the gospel to you, you have heard. So when you're hearing that news, because you don't have to do anything but believe, it's called grace. Grace means gift that you didn't pay for. If someone gave you a gift and you said, how much is that? 50 bucks, here's 50 bucks. That's not a gift, it's a merchandise that you paid for. But the grace of God is a gift that you can never pay for. Because Jesus went and died in your place and his death is not like yours and mine. My, your, your, your death and my death is physical death. And even if I were to die for someone here, it won't count. A sinner cannot pay for a sinner, another sinner's death. Jesus' death is spirit death. He tasted death for everyone. So even though his death at that moment was one man dying, he tasted death, meaning paying the price of sin, which means to go to hell. For all of us, he experienced that, endured that on the cross. But he didn't stay dead forever, did he? As he prophesied in three days after his death, what happened to him? He resurrected. He's the first fruit of resurrection. Because he is not a sinner. Death cannot keep him. Grave cannot keep him. He overcame. He broke through. He broke through death. He broke through the grave to prove that he is the Holy One of God. When he died, he died with two other men on that hill. Three crosses. Two sinners. With two sinners, he died. But in three days, the third day after his death, only he resurrected. The other two remained dead because they're sinners, human. 
but he is God. He is God, amen? amen. So that's the testimony of the apostles, uh, the apostles from the book of Acts we read about. As the Holy Spirit came after he resurrected and ascended to heaven, that is how the Christian faith has been passed down to us today. Countless people have been martyred for what they witnessed, which is the resurrection of Jesus. And through their witness, testimony, people believe, people believe, believe. But it's not just people, the Holy Spirit, the three persons of God, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit came to the believers in the world to believe, to believe, to have faith like they saw. So even if I was not there, I believe that Jesus resurrected. I believe that Jesus ascended to heaven and he's seated on the throne. That I believe that he is coming back and is through the Holy Spirit. Amen. So how do I form a relationship with Jesus? When I hear about his redemption, I said, I'm a sinner and I don't want to go to hell. I'm scared that I'm going to go to hell. I believe I'm a soul, and but I have sinned, deserving therefore hell. But I don't want to go to hell. I don't want to go to hell. I don't want my children to go to hell. I don't want my brother, my mom to go to hell. I don't want nobody to go to hell. But I want. I have to be the first to choose. I have to be the first to choose. In your family, maybe there's no believer around you. Someone has to choose. One person, that's got to be me. So I choose for myself first. I need to believe and receive the blood of Jesus. How many of you believe and receive the blood of Jesus? Amen. Receiving the blood of Jesus, what does that mean? His blood is spirit. So it's not physical. But I, when I say amen, I receive Jesus into my life. Right? Meaning, I believe that Jesus is the sinless God who came as man and died. But his death was not a result of his own sin. It was to pay for my sin. So you have to be confessing sinner. If you don't think you're a sinner, we have a problem. And you need to read the Old Testament more, know about the law more. That even if you might not might, might have not done physically bad things, just in case you were thinking that Jesus redefined or expanded the definition of sin. You think you can steal, and you think I'm okay, I passed the law of Moses. But Jesus said, if you if you thought of your neighbor thing and think, oh my God, that should be mine. That should be mine. That car is better than mine. Or that job, that husband is better than mine. It should be mine. Then you've already stolen. Or that you said all this. You say that, you've already killed him. So, in my mind, in my heart, with my words, with my hand, I've committed sin 100%. But I don't want to go to hell. I don't want to go to hell. I've been in hellish place before. I don't even want to go back to that. I cannot imagine being there forever. So I have to choose. I want to receive Jesus into my life. Believe that he died and paid for my sin. And I say, oh Jesus, oh Yeshua, I want to make you my king, my Lord and my savior. I want to receive your blood. And by receiving his blood, I form a relationship, this blood relationship with him. Because his spirit, his blood is spirit. So me, the spirit, receives his blood. So when the blood comes, just as in the Old Testament, how much blood do you need? How many times do you test with blood? I've committed so many sins. I need a bucket. I need a bucket. Some bucket <laughs> containers. Like load of his blood. No, I just need one time receiving. Even if I sin tomorrow, that one time blood is all I need. Because his spirit blood enters, and when it enters, like a drop, and the whole thing turns white. Like white out, complete covers 
all my sin. How powerful, how amazing is his blood. Amen? Amen. That's why his blood is called the precious blood of Jesus. The precious blood of God. So when I receive the blood, then I'm cleansed and I'm forgiven of all my sins. So does that mean that going forward I'm never going to sin? No, we already went over. You lied today too, right? You know, I still say she lied today. I lied too. Did I lie? Yes. Yeah. I, I, I sinned today. I know that for sure. I sinned. So, doesn't mean that I'm going to be perfect going forward because I received the blood of Jesus. But because I have the blood of Jesus, I because that faith is in the fact that I believe that he paid for my sin, I don't have to go to hell. That I'm now hitchhiking. Like a hitchhiking, you know, like you get on somebody's car. Don't do that. But when you get in the car, your faith is within the hands of the driver and the driver. So I'm now like hitchhiking with Jesus. So that's what happens when I baptize in his name. I become united with Christ. So I'm united with him in my in his death. You pay the price of my sin. My old self is dead. Now I come alive and I am one with him in righteousness, in holiness. Then for the rest of my life, I have to eat and grow. Because the drop of blood that I receive in my spirit, the spirit, is like baby. When babies form the body, mama's body. It's just a drop of blood, fertilized, and has to continue growing, 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 like a chick. And chick has to crack its own shell to come out. It takes about 21 days, and you get impatient, 19, day 19. What can you come out? Oh, I see a crack, let me help you. And chick dies. It's like, it's magic, but it's not magic. God made it that way. So the beauty of that life is like the chick has to come out by itself, and the way it comes out by itself is when it eats up all the fluid inside. The egg white, right? The egg white, the protein, that's what the chick eats. It has to eat everything. So when it comes out, it's kind of wet, right? Because it's like in that fluid sac. But it has to fully form and then crack its own shell come out. And we like that analogy because that's resurrection for the saint, for the believer. So for the rest of my life, after being forgiven, for which I did nothing, all I said was, amen, yes, Lord, and receive, I have to eat. I have to eat food. Sounds good? Eating is good? <laughs> Eating is good, depends on what you feed me. There's a Chinese saying, the Korean saying too, uh, medicine is bitter, right? Bitter medicine is good for you, right? Yeah. I think they made it up, but anyhow. So, <laughs> bitter food could be good for you. It tastes bitter in the mouth, but it's sweet to the stomach, good for the body. So when I hear the word of God, that is spirit and life. It is spirit and life. And Jesus himself said, I know that his command leads to eternal life. Command. Nobody likes to be commanded. Nobody likes to be told what to do. Right? We're all a bunch of rebels. I want it my way. I want it my way. That's why I beat my chest. I'm like, I'm such a rebel. Like, why am I still rebellious and resistant? I need to obey, right? I need to strike my body. That's what Paul said, the apostle. I strike, I blow, I strike myself, uh, I hit, um, yeah, I strike myself and make it my slave. Because this body is just refusing to listen to the spirit. Because the body is so used to sin and the sinfulness that it wants to go one way, but the spirit wants to go the other way. I'm a new spirit, new creation. I want to go to the gathering. 
where there is the word of God. Isn't that true? Amen. There's always options. Should I go or not? Should I go or not? They're always going to say the same thing. But I'd like to see the people's like, come. But it's always the same thing. There's always choice. There's a gross dilemma. Should I go or should I not? Should I get up and go pray or not? It's like, I don't really, I'm tired of the same thing. I'm nothing else. I don't really need to go pray. I don't really need anything. So it's always like the struggle. Do this and that. I need to think like, okay, who am I? I'm a spirit. I have the blood of Jesus. I need to grow. I need to eat. You don't get up and go be like, should I eat today or not? <laughs> or not. Unless you're fasting. <laughs> I'm saying, no, thank you. I'll be eating my breakfast. Yes? If you know your soul, you have to be in a place where you treat it as a soul. You know, here in our gathering, we love seeing everyone, we care for everyone, and we stay in contact because someone cared for us that way too. And that's the way we receive the love of God, you know? So when we see you, we want you to know that love too. And that love is not because of you deserve it or somehow we have some common. Most of us don't even have anything in common besides the fact that we are souls and we have come into this gathering the body of Christ, the church. But that common bond is greater and stronger, more meaningful than any bond in the world. So you need to be in an environment where you're treated as a soul, not as a man, not as a husband, not as a brother or son or daughter or worker, but that you're a soul. Not just any soul, but that you're a child of God. You need to be in a place like that. Where is that place? In church and gatherings. Jesus said, We're to gather in my name. I'm there. There I'm there am I. So he is here with us today. Amen. Do you believe that? Amen. He's speaking to us these words through my lips. Amen. Because you're a soul, you need to hear these words. Where else are you gonna hear these words? Where else are you gonna treat it as a soul? Who else is gonna speak to you as a soul? Because at the end of the day, whatever you put in your brain is going to all fade away with your body. And it's going to come, I'm telling you. And you don't need to be convinced. You know that's coming. You just don't want to think about it. The only thing that will remain forever is the Word of God. Amen. Because it's spirit. And by eating that Word, again, eating that Word is not memorizing information, but to move according to the Word. Training. Left, right, left, right. You gotta do this and this and then move, 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 move. That's what the church is. This church is reminding us. Yeah. So we end up preaching the words not sweet to the ears. Like some people are like, you oh, know, I quit. This is like too much. You can, you can quit. You you could you, that person can think they're quitting, but they you can't quit being a soul. You can't quit in the spiritual world and spiritual life. You can't quit that. It's not your option. So if I know that I'm a soul, and then I have the blood of Jesus, then the question is, I need that, where am I in my growth right now? Am I still, I think I talked about stillbirth. Some babies are born, but dead. That's devastating, it's hopeless. We don't ever want to be dead. We don't ever want to become dead. We have received the life of Jesus, it's in me. Amen? amen. All we have to do again is, amen, I receive. And I'm born again in the blood of Jesus. But what then I need to do after that is come to the gathering on the Lord's day because it's his day. And if I make God happy by coming to his house and giving glory, all things I give glory, and he's happy, 
don't you think he's going to take care of me? If he's happy with me, don't you think he's going to bless me? So the question is, am I doing what, what makes him happy? That's the question. A lot of people say, like, I want to make him, yeah, but by doing what I, I'm good at doing, I think I'm going to give him glory. No, you're just saying that. You want to do what you want to do out of your greed and your own personal ambition, and you just kind of like sugarcoat it and say, for the glory of God. <laughs> for the glory of God is to submit to the, to the word of God. So I pray, not because I have need. I do have needs, but even if I don't have needs that I know of now, I need to pray because he commanded. Pray my name. Ask. Ask, and it will be given to you. And by, answer, by being answered, you will give glory to God. That's why we pray. So we, and evangelizing, preaching, is to have one more soul open their ears and say, oh, I need Jesus. Jesus, my Lord, my Savior. They confess that Jesus is Lord. They surrender themselves to the Lord. That's how we give glory to him. So we obey, and when we obey, we give glory to him. Obeying is eating food. I know the word obey, obedience, is like, again, it's like not my thing. Sorry, it's not my thing. Sorry, it's not your thing. It's too bad it's not your thing, but it is your thing. Because it's food for your soul. If you reject it, you don't live. It's simple as that. It's simple as that. Just as eating food, I gotta eat the word of God because I'm a soul and I'm not dead yet. Jesus paid the price of my sin and I believe. All I had to do was open the door, open the door of my heart and receive. But that's not the end. If you die like that, then you go to paradise. But the problem is, we are alive. We are alive, that's the problem. That's the problem. So faith has to be in present tense. Not yesterday I was faithful, not 10 years ago I was faithful. I gave, I gave my life to the Lord 20 years ago. What about now? I don't know, I kind of backslide or I kind of fell off or whatever. So we're a problem, we have a problem. Present tense faith. I need to have, keep my faith alive. And that's by eating the word, eating, eating, and growing. And when my body's full like that little chick, ready to break out of its shell, when Jesus comes back, I will resurrect to life and enter eternal life. That's what we look forward to. Amen? Amen. Yeah. So until then, no matter what happens, no matter how difficult, I have to make decisions to eat the word and grow. I have to eat. And again, who is God? He wants to give us his eternal life. He's good God. More than you can imagine. Our Heavenly Father is good. Good and perfect. If you think your earthly father is good, or if you think... Your father is good and say, oh, well, my dad is a good man. He was a good man. Your heavenly father, more than you can imagine. More than you can imagine. So the life that he wants to give, he made a way for all to come. But in the end, you have to choose. Every one of you has to choose and make the decision every day to eat the word, to grow on it, and follow him. And he will take care of us. He has taken care of us all throughout. Fed us, healed us provided for us so that we have the assurance he's real the spiritual life is real the promise of eternal life is real Amen. and i pray that all of you can open your heart really think do i really believe i'm a soul and what if i were to breathe my last tonight what's going to happen to me so that you make the right decision now and through you you and your household can be saved Amen. think about that
you and your household will be saved. So you have to be the seed of hope and life for your family. You have to choose for your soul. And then your family has hope. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Let's pray that, that we can truly know ourselves as souls, that, that our hearts can be open to receive his blood. And if you have received it, if you have already received his blood and have been born again, that you receive his word, even though it may be burdensome and bitter to the mouth at the moment, it is sweet to the stomach and it is good for the body and the soul. So let's pray that we can continue eating the word of glory, that we keep our faith alive, that we open our hearts wide and open our eyes wide to see the glory of God and to want to enter the glorious place that I choose. I choose today to follow. I choose today to obey. I choose today to eat the word. I choose today to keep on going. Let's pray. Yes. Yes. Yes.